You know that's Atomic Dog, right? <laughs> Lauren's like, what? What? <laughs> I like it. It's funky. <laughs> it is funk. This is the Lisa Dent Show. Thanks for joining us. I think Tony's probably already tuned out. Uh, Tony called yesterday and he said, I will never listen to your show again because you talk too much about dogs. Lisa, well, I just have to say I really appreciated your promo today. It made me laugh. <laughs> so, uh, so Tony, I'm sorry. We're talking about dogs today. Dr. Dana Barbel is with us. How are you today? I'm good. And can you ever really talk too much about dogs? Really? I know. Really? I- I was talking about a dog yesterday that stole one of my Invisaligns out of my pocket when I was having coffee with the dog's grandma. (laughs) And if if you go on Twitter, Dr. Varble, you will see it was intentional because this dog has the worst underbite of any dog I've ever seen in my life, and it is hilarious. (laughs) He was sending a message. I need to go to the veterinary dentist. I need to have this fixed. It was nothing but it was not subtle at all, huh? Oh, this is, that's uh, funny. Dr. Dana Varble, Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community, and the Puppy Bowl is Sunday. Is that something you watch? Oh, yeah, you know what? I, don't get me wrong. I am a football fan. I do enjoy actually watching the big game and all of the excitement that leads up to that. But it is really fun every once in a while to switch the stations and just watch the Puppy Bowl. Because believe it or not, it's in its 19th year this Sunday, which is pretty incredible. And this year, there's a dog with one eye. There's a dog with no mm-hmm. front legs that, you know, has the coolest set of wheels I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> the, it's just, I, I love that they're featuring these dogs that are so hard to place in homes. But I hope other people will see that these dogs have so much to offer. Yeah, it is really cool that, they, you know, they've always featured puppies in the puppy bowl that are available for adoption with uh, shelter partners and other groups that try and place dogs. But it is really exciting to think about these special need dogs and how they could potentially fit into your home and how dogs with some really interesting, you know, disabilities could actually be a, a good, great pet for you, a good part of your life. So I know there's, yes, there's some limb deformities. I believe there's also some visually impaired puppies and some blind and actually I think one of them is deaf. So it's really interesting to think about how they can still really be really great pets for all of us. Cause a lot of times those are the dogs that are hardest to place in the shelters, right? People can't, aren't sure they want to take that on or they're really worried about it. Um, but I'll be honest with you. A lot of times it's just them very, you know, different mild changes to your usual dog routine, they can fit right in. Uh, there is going to be a commercial that's going to make you cry. It's for the farmer's dog food. Steve Alexander was talking about it today. I watched it, honestly, barely got through it and started feeling the tears welling in my eyes. And basically it's about, you know, a kid with a puppy and she grows and the dog grows and she gets married and the dog's there. She has a baby and the dog's there. And then there's a whole flashback of their lives together and you get the picture. We just want our dogs to live forever. We really do. We do. Uh, yeah. is, is there a way we should feed them that would increase longevity? Some people say raw food. What's your take on that? You know, actually, there's been some studies in the past 
that have to, you know, looked specifically at longevity and diet. Um, so it's a really interesting topic because we know actually our nutrition is tied to longevity. And we know that in people, we know that in dogs. And I can tell you the one thing, again, that stood out as being the most important thing. Um, some dog food companies invested a lot of money in studies that lasted decades to look at how do we make our dogs live longer, what factors do, what does. And Lisa, the secret is actually feeding them less. <laughs> and, yeah, it was really fascinating because it was a study put out of, you know, very, I would be, Full disclosure, it was put out by Purina. And Purina published the results of the study that said, hey, feed less of our food. <laughs> and so, it, you know, it was really interesting because you would think naturally that they would not lean that way. But um, it actually showed that if we're feeding less, sometimes just as little as 20% less on a daily basis, that the result of that is dogs that are less prone to obesity, less prone to the consequences of obesity, including things like osteoarthritis, back pain, knee pain, uh, liver disease, diabetes, this kind of list goes on and on. Even, even things like kidney disease can be affected by this. So dogs that are slimmer, dogs that are trimmer, live longer, not only because they're thinner, but because it actually we find that those dogs have less other diseases as well. If you... So, if you have a question for Dr. To. Dana, pick up the phone, 312-981-7200, because basically they get the same disease as we do when we overeat. They do, yeah. You know, obesity is a is a problem that is mirrored not only in our pet population, but in our human population. And we know that obesity leads to a variety of things. And we, we know there's a great variation. Some of us just have different genetics, just have different metabolism. So like you and I, I think we're talking about this not that long ago. We said, you have two dogs, they get the same amount. We have two different bodies in front of us. How yeah. is this possible? One's well, a meatball you know, again, and one is thin as can be. They eat the same food, <laughs> the same time. But you know what? Yeah. I did start feeding them carrots when I'm cooking in the kitchen. Okay. Little, like little itty bitty pieces of carrots. And, you know, they're chewing on it like it's something foreign. And they're like, I don't know. But the competition is strong. So they ate them. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's a great treat because again, super low calorie and it's fun. It's crunchy for them. They actually have to work at it, right? Like they have to chew it. They can't just they can't just gulp it down like peanut butter or their high calorie treats. So it's got a lot of fun advantages for them to have a little a little bonus that's maybe not uh, not as high calorie as some of their yeah. other treats. I've got a question about my dog, Hank. I have someone on the text line with a cat with allergies. And since we did talk about Purina dog food, there is a recall today for their prescription dry dog food Mm -hmm. due to potentially high vitamin D, right? Yes, that's correct. You are correct, yeah. If you you are prescribed that food, just go online, Google it, follow what you are supposed to do. Mary's got to check Mm -hmm. on weather and traffic. The weather is fantastic. And we're going to come back with your questions for Dr. Dana. This is a commercial we were talking about. I'm not real familiar with this food, the farmer's dog. I like the name, of course, because I'm married to a farmer. But, oh, my gosh, when you see this on the Super Bowl, you better have a Kleenex ready. Or you'll see, you'll see, you know, you'll see the soft side of the men in your life because it will hit you hard. It's a beautifully done commercial. Dr. Dana's our favorite vet. She practices here in Chicago. She's also the chief veterinarian officer for the North American Veterinary Community. Somebody just said, what 
What age do you recommend to neuter? Oh, that's a good question because actually those things have changed a little bit over time. Um, you know, obviously dogs in a shelter situation where population control is essential, they tend to get neutered very young, sometimes as early as 12 weeks. Typically, we're still staying around six months. But if you have one of these giant breed dogs, a dog that's going to weigh over 75 pounds in adulthood, Speak with your veterinarian because we may actually want to delay that until closer to a year of age. And that's because new studies have shown that if we allow dogs to have that hormonal influence a little bit longer in their lives, we have healthier bones and healthier joints for a longer period of time. Um, There are also some early studies that show that delaying that neuter time just a little bit can help prevent cancer in certain breeds. Golden Retrievers is probably the biggest. The, the breed we know the most about. But again, it, it really varies. You know, we know these that small dogs, toy breed dogs, reach maturity a lot faster, and it may not be necessary to wait in those dogs. Interesting, because I know shelters have mm-hmm. to do it early because they know people won't bring the dogs back. And spay and neutering yeah. is so important. Okay, Anthony's been waiting on the phone. Anthony, you wanted to talk to da- Dr. Dana Varble. What's your, what's your question or your comment? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, we can. Hey, hey, wonderful. I love listening to you when you're on. Um, anyhow, I've had dogs my entire life, um, always healthy, always fed them a halfway kibble, halfway, um, I, should, I, I guess, raw diet. Um, but I do have a friend, and I don't know if you find this to be interesting or stupid, but you tell me, um, the dog is 24 year. It's a 24 year old mutt. It's the oldest dog I've ever met in my wow. life, and they feed him. They feed him kibble, a little bit of kibble. And I asked the gentleman. He, he's on this pontoon boat on my lake all the time, and I said, "What do you feed him?" And he goes, "I feed him my leftovers." And he's a triathlete, and he goes, "He eats a little bit of kibble, but mostly he eats what I eat, and he feeds him a human <laughs> diet." And the dog's 24 years old and still kicking, and I can't make sense of it because I've had uh, I've had probably 10 dogs in my life, and none of them have made it past 15. No, that's <laughs> but, yeah, uh, that's a long time. Anthony, thank you for calling. Other people are texting about yeah. that too, where they make their own homemade dog food. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not unheard of, and it's not terrible. It's very, you know, a couple things. One, it's really hard to do. So. I admire anyone who has the time and energy to do that, especially who's done some research to make sure they're doing a balanced diet. For most of us, honestly, because of cost and time, it is simply easier to to feed a well-balanced commercial, whether it's dry or canned food. Um, Dry and canned commercial-based diets are very, very safe. They're very well-studied, and they're very effective. Um, you know, some dogs, that's remarkable. 24 is amazing. If you've watched the news recently, you know that there's a dog in Portugal that's lived to be 30, which yes. is very, very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. And the person oh, who texted in said, uh, Gus, their Shih Tzu turns 16 years mm-hmm. old next month, and they attribute the longevity to the fact that they make homemade dog food. And I think if you do put the effort and the time and the research into it, it probably is a better way to go, wouldn't you think? It just most of us don't have that time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad way to go, but to be honest, the the 
balancing all the little nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, making sure everything's perfect, it's really hard to do. You know, I think that it can be done well, but again, it's just a lot of research, a lot of time for most of us. The big drawback I have with raw diets is that they can, just for the same reasons that they don't recommend people eat raw food, they can be contaminated with bacteria and other things that can absolutely cause the same diseases that we get. Things like Mm. E. coli and listeria. Um, And I, you know, for those of us that may have sensitive stomachs or anyone with an immune, uh, a compromised immune system, I would avoid those things. So, but it's always interesting to me because a triathlete, I would hope, probably eats an incredibly healthy uh, diet themselves. And again, yeah, a healthy human diet based on good vegetables and and well-cooked healthy meat is pretty similar to what dogs eat, to be honest. Somebody said, I just tuned in, Lisa. More dog talk. Hilarious. Tony is going nuts right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's, in, that's in response to a caller we had yesterday. Dr. Dana Barble is with us. And I want to ask this question that somebody sent in because they're coming in fast and furious. But this person has a cat with allergies. They've tried all kinds mm. of special food. They believe it to be environmental. This person thought it was something mm. outside, but it's worse than ever. Now he's having sneezing fits, which leads oh, him to no. throw up, and he does have a heart murmur. Um, any Anything you could add to what they should be doing? Oh, wow. You know, that it sounds like a really complicated medical group of medical issues, you know, there. So... You know, definitely someone may want to even talk to your veterinarian about seeing a specialist because they might have a great way to balance multiple medical issues. And that's what I really like to lean on our veterinary specialists. If you have a pet that's not only got allergies but has a heart murmur or maybe has kidney disease and diabetes, that's a great time to think, oh, you know, this is really complex issue and there are some folks out there with some additional training that may be able to help me. For a case like this, yeah, it sounds like environmental allergies may be what's going on. And I will say this, cats with allergies, are we just don't have as many medications to treat them yet. But I would, you know, strongly consider, you know, thinking about allergy testing. And that is something that is usually done with a veterinary dermatologist. Because I even had a dog with allergies that was allergic to humans once. I know, you told me that. Yeah, and at that point, you know, like, I can't be like, okay, you can't live with me. We're going to get you your own house. No. (laughs) So we really had to work harder to find um, more solutions to her allergy problems. Okay. Um, And that can mean medication sometimes, yeah. I've only got like a minute left. Um, I've got a question I want to get to about cats, but Hank has a dry cough. Should I take him to the vet where it's like, And it's happening you know, quite often. Yeah. If, you know, I would say sometimes animals do get colds, just like we do. Okay. So if it's something where it pops up and it's gone after maybe seven to ten days and they're eating fine and acting fine, wouldn't worry about it. But if it's okay. not going away or getting worse, yeah, time to go to the vet. <laughs> and we've got 30 seconds. So, Cheryl, get your cat question in as quick as you can. Quick. <laughs> okay. I have a cat that I adopted this August. She was small when I got her. Turns out apparently she was starved. I mean, she would do things like eat kitty litter. She tried to eat broken glass. And she still is small. Is there anything I can do to help her get any bigger, or is she going to be small Mm -hmm. because of that starved condition? 
She may be a cat that's always going to be tiny. You know, it's always remarkable to me that cats vary so dramatically. I have seen adult cats that weigh four or five pounds and are fully grown and slim and trim. And I've seen fully grown adult cats that weigh 15 pounds that are slim and trim. Now, some of those are heavy (laughs) or overweight. But, (laughs) yeah, seeing a good, healthy, you know, well-balanced diet and, and just keep an eye on her. But she may always be on the tiny side. Dr. Dana Barber. Oh, they are. Dr. Dana Varbel is the Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community. Uh, give everybody that website. And I know you practice, especially in Chicago, on exotics. So I encourage you to look her yeah. up. Um, but uh, give yeah. us a website that people could reach out to. Yeah. You can come visit us at NAVC.com, or if you're interested in seeing what I do with exotics, Chicago Exotics Animal Hospitals at ExoticPetVet.com. ExoticPetVet.com. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Lauren Lapka has your news next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.